the book is really written for leaders, right? I want leaders to think differently about what it means and what it takes to be customer centric. And it's not just one thing, you know, in the book, I cover 10 principles that range anywhere from the culture, leadership, employees, employees are at the heart of all of this, right? Employee experience drives customer experience, customer understanding. Like, so I bring all of that together to say, you know, being customer centric isn't just as easy as saying, hey, we're customer centric because there's so many companies that do that, you know. Welcome to Conversations That Matter, a podcast from Unifor. Here, we explore the latest customer experience trends, sales insights, innovations in AI and automation, and more with well-known thought leaders and industry experts. Tune in and join the conversation. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of Conversations That Matter. And I'm your host, Randy Kassar from Unifor. So today, we're going to talk all about CX. We have an amazing guest with us. She is a customer experience connoisseur. She's written two books on CX. One is Customer Understanding. The other one is Built to Win. She has over 30 years of experience. And it's none other than Annette Franz. Annette, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. Great introduction. And I look forward to our conversation. Yeah, I can't wait. Uh, this is, you know, we've been uh, networking back and forth for, for quite a bit. Um, but we haven't had time to chat, so this is the time <laughs> to really to get to know you, uh, as well as uh, to share your CX nuggets of wisdom to our community. So uh, let's get going. So the let's first thing that we, yeah, let's do it. So the first thing that we always like to ask is a myth. I want you to debunk a myth. So what is one CX myth that you like to debunk? And this is something that perhaps is misunderstood, that you constantly have to repeat, something that maybe that you work on uh, with your clients quite a bit. Um, what's what's that one CX myth you like to debunk? This is a big one. This is definitely a big one. I think you'll you'll agree with me on this one that customer experience and customer service are not one and the same, right? They are completely different things, right? Customer experience is the sum of all the interactions that a customer has over the life of the relationship with the brand and then feelings, emotions, perceptions about those interactions. Customer service is one of those interactions, right? And I always use I always use um, Chris Zane's definition or his quote to really differentiate between the two. And he always says, and I've I've adapted it over the years. He's he's correct. He's corrected me on this once or twice. But I've for adapted. Those, for those that don't don't know Chris Zane, uh, can you just share a little sure. bit about who he is? Sure, he is the founder of Zane Cycles in uh, Connecticut, and he's written a book as well. And he's a customer. I like the the work that he does in his business yeah. to just make sure that customers, his customers, have a great experience. Uh, he's well known for that. You know, the, the bicycles that he sells are you know four thousand dollar bicycles, and all he asks for is an uh, you know driver's license and then you can go and take the bike and test ride it and do whatever you don't have to leave a credit card you don't have to leave your firstborn or anything like that you know it's yeah. just go and do it and, and enjoy it and, and then come back and tell me you loved it if not we'll get you on another bike that you know that makes sense for you so Very so cool. he's really well known for that and just like i said wrote a book about it as well yeah. so so yeah so he says service is what happens when the experience breaks down. And I think that's a really good way of looking at it. So because customer experience, like the work that we do to design the experience should be proactive, whereas customer service ends up being very much reactive, right? There's a problem. The experience broke down somewhere. We're going to fix it. So I love I love to use his quote for and, and like I said, I've adapted it over the years, but use that to really differentiate between the two. And we see customer experience, that term 
everywhere nowadays, right? In every in For every sure. job title and every job description, and it's great. Uh, it's overused term. It's uh, overused, definitely- yes. <laughs> which that <laughs> which then means it doesn't mean anything anymore, right? It it just becomes yeah. meaningless when it becomes and and we like that people talk about customer experience. That's awesome, but we just have to yeah. put it in the right context of what it really means. For sure, for sure. No, that's that's a good, uh, definitely a good distinction. Uh, something that we always need to do. Uh, yep. In a previous podcast, uh, I was talking with Jeremy Watkin, and we were talking about uh, the difference between customer experience and customer success. Those two oh, terms yeah. get uh, you know mixed up yep. quite a bit as yep. well. Same so thing. There's, there's a lot, uh, a lot of confusion out there. So that's good yeah. to kind of like lay the land and just kind of set the groundwork for Agreed. how to make a successful. Um, experience yeah <laughs> all right um next thing uh we we'd like to pull things from uh, the interwebs on the, what you've okay. been posting and kind of get a sense of uh the content that you produce so you produce a lot of great uh cx nuggets of wisdom and there's one that you wrote an article on cms wire that was on your website cx journey and it was this quote that i really stood out to me is today's customer journey is an iterative complex pinball of touch points that was a quote by david lewis edelman can you just expand on that and then what that was referring to? <laughs> I think I think what what what's really important to call out there is the pinball effect, right? Because I think a lot of people think that the customer journey is this linear thing, right? And it's yeah. definitely not that anymore. It is, you know, we might start researching offline, then we go on the web, then we might go into a store and then we'll pull up the app. And so I think we really need to recognize the fact that, first of all, what what are our touch points? And and I think most companies don't even recognize the fact that they've got thousands of touch points and yeah, it's not totally. it's not just just the website or your app or anything like that if you think about an airline flight right you've got your ticket you've got your app you've got your the signs so and the and the and the monitors and the like any way that you touch customers and that doesn't necessarily have to be a physical touch and any way that they yeah. touch you that's a touch point and so i think that it's yeah. really important that companies inventory and map those touch points so they know what they are and where they are and then uh, really recognize that again the journey is not linear it's very much a pinball i love that quote yeah <laughs> yeah that's a good quote <laughs> it is um, so what's uh we're gonna do rapid fire later on but there's just one question I, yeah. uh, that i asked in previous episodes is if you had a, a customer service issue uh and you needed to contact you know a brand let's say it's an airline um would you do chat mm-hmm. call email well which which channel would you go for yeah to start I, off I, with it depends on the urgency right if it's something that's urgent i'm going to pick up the phone and call absolutely yeah. and i would say that's probably my preferred choice most of the time i you know i've i've used chat not perfect some companies have that down but for the most yeah. part it's like i end up calling anyways email it's like okay do i want to wait two business days <laughs> or <Exactly>. one more. <laughs> so I just pick up the phone. Yeah. That's my preferred yeah. choice. Yeah. I mean, too. I mean, I think the phone is probably by far, if, if I need something, uh, you know, being in social also, I love to not complain, but I love to get an answer on Twitter. Uh, cause I know the social team, if they're really yeah. good at what they do is, is listening in. So yeah. I've done that before too. Yeah. They can escalate. Definitely. Yeah. When you don't get anywhere on the phone, you just go to the social team and they're like, we'll get you an answer. (laughs) (laughs) Totally. I mean, I've been doing that a long time ago with uh, Comcast. Mm. That was the way to actually get your, your answer and upgrade, upgrade your account was via Twitter when it first came out. Yeah. And 
if I would call in, I would get nowhere, you know? Yeah. And so that was uh, definitely early on in, in the Twitterverse. Yes. Uh, that was one of the, the brands that really stuck out and really was great at customer care. Yeah. Good social. All right. Um, we have, uh, hi, for those that are, are listening into this, uh, you won't see us, so I'll just describe it to you. But the uh, background of Annette has two uh, amazing uh, frames there. One is her customer understanding book. When do you write that one? Um, that was 2019, three years ago. Awesome. And then just recently, you know, earlier in this year, early you wrote year. Built to Win. Yep. Uh, and so let's uh, dive into Built to Win. Um, what was the impetus of actually writing that? Why, why, do you, why now? Yeah, you know, a couple of things. So very similar to what happened with customer understanding. I kept ha doing the same presentations and having the same conversations with people. And I'd get off stage and I'd be like, okay, well, that really resonated. And oh, that's a great yeah. message, right? And so it, the same thing happened with Built to Win. And I think there was, in my mind, sort of this sense of urgency, just because there's so much talk out there about customer centricity and being customer centric. And what does that mean? And yeah. I just felt like people don't really understand what that means. Um, I still see, you know, plenty of articles and conversations where where people try to define it and it's like mm, that's not that's not what it is i mean yeah you put the yeah. customer at the center of all you do but what what specifically does that mean and i define it as no decisions no discussions no no discussions no decisions no designs without you know bringing in the customer voice without asking how's this going to impact her how's it going to make her feel what values it going to deliver and if you think about things like um, you know, Jeff Bezos and his um, empty chair in his e-staff yeah, yeah. meetings, right? Yeah. That's, that's what, that sort of exemplifies what being customer centric is all about. That customer is always there um, in your thought processes, in your decisions and everything you're doing because you want to, I mean, why are you in business? You're in business because yeah, of true. and for the customer, right? And so, so that the was- They pay the bills. <laughs> they pay the bills. And so, absolutely. And so to me, that was, that was one catalyst was, hey, I feel like we need to, you know, put a stake in the ground and say, what is, it, what does it mean to be customer centric? And I really wanted leaders to, the book is really written for leaders, right? I wanted leaders to think differently about what it means and what it takes to be customer centric. And it's not just one thing, you know, in the book, I cover 10 principles that range anywhere from the culture, leadership, employees, employees are at the heart of all of this, right? Employee experience drives yes. customer experience, customer understanding. Like, so I bring all of that together to say, you know, being customer centric isn't just as easy as saying, hey, we're customer centric because there's so many companies that yeah. do that, you know, yeah. oh, but that's yeah. not what it is. It, there's a lot more to it than that. And really comes from, you know, you mentioned 30 years that I've been in this business and it really does come from seeing what companies have done over the last 30 years and what that really takes. Yeah. Um, definitely is not just a, a checkbox, like we'll add yeah. it to our cultural values. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> uh, but there, exactly. there's something that I, want, I have my phone up here. I want to read this, uh, some of the quotes that I highlighted was, uh, as I was reading it, uh, one is about values. So the first one is values are meaningless unless they inspire and drive the behavior that you expect your employees and executives to display. So I think that's key. Absolutely. As long as, you know, the values will then go towards uh, the customer's yep. interactions as well, right? So yep. Yep. Absolutely. Because culture is core values plus behaviors, right? So if you've got those core values, that's not just how we interact with each other in the workplace, but it is, it also drives how we interact with our customers, with our vendors, with ever, with the entire ecosystem. And so that's, it's how we do things around here truly. So that's why yeah, it's so important. Sure. And you, and it's important to define those behaviors so that employees have a really good understanding of what it means 
to live and breathe that core value. Yeah. Uh, next one. And when you have a culture where people care about people, your employer brand attracts and makes finding the right talent much easier. Yeah. I think that's really key uh, within a contact center space uh, with agents that are looking for other jobs and maybe they're not just not, you know, they're quiet firing, as they say, they're just yeah. like, doing a job just to get a paycheck. But we really need to, you know, motivate the employees to, to stay. And I think that's a really good point, don't you? I, I think it is. I think that, you know, we talk about people leave managers, but I, I say people leave culture. And and when yeah. we say when I say that, leadership is such an important part of uh of culture and and the it's been culture has been defined as the shadow of the leader, right? Or the shadow yeah. of your leadership. And so I think the two actually go together. And if you have a workplace that's toxic and it isn't conducive to, you know, having a great time and working well together yeah. and taking care of people and all of that, yeah, that's going to drive people away. And I think that's a huge problem with companies today. So they they really do need to reevaluate the culture. Yeah, for sure. Uh, and last one, uh, you've got to use the data and the insights gained during your customer understanding work to design and deliver an experience that solves customer problems. Yeah. Love that one. Definitely there. data is key. Yep. Insights. You can't just have data. You just have to have the insights and someone to analyze it and kind of yep. map it back to everything, right? Yep. I always say data is at the heart of designing and delivering a great experience. And and it's so true. I mean, what are we what are we building or why are we building these products or services if we don't know what our customers' needs are, problems, jobs that they're trying to do? And I, I always go back to the quote from Seth Godin, which was, you know, we need to find products for our customers, not customers for our products. And that's a huge distinction there. And it's so funny because I often get startups that'll reach out to me and say, hey, you know, talk to us, tell us what you think about this product. And, and a lot yeah. of times the first question I'll ask is, well, what problem does it solve for customers? And they're like, Hmm. That's a good question. <laughs> you know, so, I mean, you really yeah. have to start there. And that data and those insights are really what's going to ensure that you're, you're successful. So. For sure. I mean, that, what problem does it solve? That should be, I mean, that's in every pitch deck. We're it should be, here, yeah. and We're in, well, if we're a startup looking for funding, you know, we're here in Palo Alto about, you know, yeah. a few minutes away from Sand Hill Road where a lot of the VCs are. Um, that is... You know, it'd be interesting to see if the customer experience kind of philosophy and mission should be included in pitch decks. You I would think, think that's probably where it should start, right? Yeah, when they that's start where the I know, right? I know they're really interested in you know money, 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 and where's how much are you going to make and all that. But yeah, who's like like you said earlier? Who's paying the bills, right? Who where's that coming yeah. from? From your customers, so minor detail. <laughs> yeah, my exactly. <laughs> awesome. So, uh, Built to Win is available now at your yep. favorite uh, bookstore. I was reading it on Amazon Kindle. Yes. Uh, so that is a great place. Um, and some of the research that you've done. I mean, tell us about kind of the research that you've done, and I know this uh, some philosophies that you are distilling, but also uh, some of the research. How did you go about writing the book? Yeah, I, you know, I spent, like I said, it really is around 30 years of working with clients and some of the yeah, things that I've work. seen. And, yeah, exactly. Some of the things that I've seen and some of the things that we've done that have worked to really transform the business um, is really key. And then I, you know, I started thinking about some of the, you know, some of the brands that I talk about in the book. I started thinking about, well, who in my mind 
you know, appears to be customer centric or appears to, for each of the 10 principles, who, who sort of embodies each one of those principles. And so I started digging around and doing a little bit research on what different companies were doing. I mean, I include companies like Campbell Soup in the book. You wouldn't think that, <laughs> or Guinness. They've been around for a while. Yeah, they've been around for a while. Guinness. You wouldn't think there's a story around Guinness, you know, when it comes to um, a customer centric culture. But, but so through that, reading about some of these and hearing about some of the things that they're doing, there, there are some uh, uh, amazing examples out there of companies yeah. that really do get it. So, um, so that's, that's, that's pretty much it. 30 years of the work plus, you know, doing some additional research just to really find brands that really embody those principles was, and it was a lot of fun. Cool. Uh, so one of the things that we wanted to do on today's call is give away, uh, some, some swag. Uh, right. so, uh, if you want to showcase your, your coffee mug. We're not giving away the coffee mug, but we are giving away some <laughs> stickers. Annette will send me some stickers and I'll send it to our lucky winners. So we'll pick uh, three lucky winners on today's podcast. Uh, just send us a tweet at, at Unifor or email us at podcast at Unifor.com. First three, we'll send out a lucky sticker. Excellent. Uh, this is valid within the United States and Canada. Uh, that would be appreciated. And we'll do our best uh, to help others out there uh, all over the world because we have a global listening audience. Excellent. Uh, so as we look at the future uh, and we are uh, taking a look at, uh, you know, the trends in, in, in CX. Yeah. Uh, let's say like five years from now, how do you see things evolving uh, where it is today and where it is five years from now? Well, it's an, it's always an interesting question because I, I still think there are so many brands that are still working on the basics and need to work yeah. on the basics that I think one of the most important things is to not get, don't get into the squirrel syndrome <laughs> or the shiny bullet or shiny whatever yeah. syndrome, right? Because yeah. if, if you get the basics right, if you get you know, if you get the culture down, if you've got the right culture, if you have leadership that's on board and they're aligned across the entire organization, if you focus on the employee experience, if you're getting feedback from your customers and your employees and using that, like those are some of the basics that really have to be in place. And so it's hard for me to talk about trends, but I, but I will yeah. say, you know, we talked about data and I think that AI is going to, it's already starting to play a role, but I think it's going to play a bigger role especially when it comes to, especially as we're hearing about employees and the employee experience and the quiet quitting and all of that kind of stuff, trying yeah. to take some of that menial work off of them through automation and through AI. Um, I think that's going to become more prevalent and, and it has to, sure. because I think we want our employees to spend time doing meaningful work and, and really building relationships with customers. And then for employees, I think AI is going to be really big when it comes to really more uh, personalization, because I think that's what people want more and more yeah. as 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 much as they may say oh i don't want you to know what's happening in my house kind of thing i think more people want that and if we can use that predictive and prescriptive capabilities that we have with ai to really mm -hmm. hit them up in the journey and help them through the journey and orchestrate that for them i think that's going to be really powerful so those are that's probably yeah. my big sort of prediction but i or or trends that i think we'll see in the over the next 5 years but i still think you have to get the basics right first. You can't just dive into thinking you're going to be able to use AI and the predictive yeah. and all of that without having the right culture to support, you know, that customer-centric focus and the things you want to do. So, Yeah, no, that's, that's a good point. Um, 
in terms of we, we on a previous podcast we talked about AI and how in the in the midst of AI, uh, yeah. And one of the one of our guests talked about how we're actually using AI in a lot of things that we're doing. Yeah. Um, you know, at home and through our different devices. I mean, how many devices do we right have, even have connected <laughs> to our to our router? Yeah. Um, so whether it's Alexa, whether it's your computer, whether it's the you know cloud based services that you're using. Yeah, you already are using AI, exactly. and I think it's just a matter before, um, you know, I'll say in a few years before it becomes mainstream. I mean, there's definitely some, some, uh, some ethics involved that that everyone needs to take care of. Yeah, um, but uh, it's definitely an area where you'll be able to spend more time on things that matter the most. Absolutely. Um, so for sure. Yeah. Um. Awesome. Well, thank you uh, for that great uh, advice. Um. Let's get into the rapid fire section okay. of our podcast. Okay. Uh, this is where we get to know you a little bit better. Okay. Uh, and also, uh, you know, feel free to ask me the questions too. I'm happy to just <laughs> share my to my uh, okay. my rapid fire. I always put people on the hot seat, but I'm I'm here uh, for the taking as well. All right. So first one, uh, what was your first job? Um, well, I grew up on a farm, so I will have to say that farm manual labor on the farm was, but, um, my first job outside of that was at a, as an associate at a store called Big Wheel, which is, was very much like, um, Target back in uh, Ohio. Yeah. Gotcha. Awesome. Uh, and we talked about this earlier before the call, uh, fun outside of work when you're not uh, doing your uh, consulting work and, and writing uh, your next book. Uh, what is it uh, that Annette does outside of CX? Um, I love to work out. I love to bike, hike, paddleboard, all all the outdoor things. That's that's yeah. what I spend a lot of time on outside of work. So yeah, it's a lot of fun. How about you? Well, for me, uh, good question. Um, so when I'm not coaching Little League, uh, I'm a big runner and I love playing tennis. Those are the two main things mm. uh, that keep me sane. There you go. Gotta um, have that. <laughs> gotta have it. Uh, so yeah, I mean, I grew up playing tennis. Uh, played a little in college, uh, and that really kind of set get got me grounded. Uh, got my grades back on track. Nice. Uh, had some great kind of mentors growing up. Those are the people that really uh, get when I needed the help in terms of just like what path do I go down the ro- uh, down right? this crazy road? Yeah. Um, my tennis coach was the person that kind of get, got me uh, on the right path. So. What wait, what 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 events did you run? Well, I met my wife when I uh, when we uh, through through uh, training for a marathon. So oh, wow. we nice. we met through an organization called Leukemia and Lymphoma Society. Nice. So I first started in two thousand and one. So I trained for a lot of marathons, uh, half marathons, Very century cool. rides, uh, and then mountain bike rides, and so that was my my thing. But I didn't start that until 2001. Oh my goodness! So you know, I, I could I could play five sets of tennis, but I could barely <laughs> run a mile. So for me, that was that was huge. Um, that is huge. So that is huge. My patience uh, in the world of customer experience and customer service and, and through social is is through the the running that I do and the time that it takes me because I'm a really I'm a, I get a participation medal. I'm not a winner. <laughs> I don't. I'm not a. <laughs> I'm not a. I'm not a winner by any means. Um, but that's. Uh, that's, that's definitely awesome. where where I get. To get it. That's awesome. well. I did the I did the distance running when I was in high school and oh, cool. after high school, but then I stopped. So yeah. <laughs> then I went on to other things. But yeah, the 
your knees yeah. and hips start to pay for that after a while. <laughs> Very much so. My wife just got a paddleboard, so I'm excited to, yeah, to, good. to have her try it out and for me to see if I can uh, do so the balancing fun. technique. Yeah, good luck with that. Very cool. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'll, I'll need it. All right. Uh, what is one thing that keeps you up at night? Oh, let's see. Just one thing? <laughs> oh, there's a lot. I'm sure yes. we all have them. We all um, have them. Uh, yeah. Well, between between business or my kids, and it's usually kids first, and then the business. That, those are yeah. the things that keep me up at night. So, yeah. Uh, if you were a CX leader uh, working kind of on the client side, yep. what do you think is one thing that would keep uh, that CX leader up at night? Um, I would think that it would be um, executive commitment. I think that's a huge one, and a huge yeah. and and that ROI that comes along with that whole thing so for sure all right all right well uh the last thing that we always like to ask uh, on the podcast is if you were calling into a, a call center or a contact center and you had a celebrity that could fix your problem could ease your pain could um solve everything that you you know <laughs> the issue that you had yeah this could be a celebrity could be a musician it could be you know dead or alive who would that person be that could just you know Everything's okay. And I got, I got this. Uh, I'm going to have to just spit out the first person that came to mind. Don't yeah. know why, but um, Brad Pitt. <laughs> he, he, he totally would be the person. I, he'd be great. <laughs> Am I, I think, red now? Is my face red? <laughs> yeah. That's, yes. I mean, I think I've seen him on some of those uh, fundraisers, you know, where you can actually call in and yeah, get him right? on the line. There you go. Um, so oh, he would be perfect. All right. I mean, who's, your a, he, who's your person? Who's your person? Oh man, you know, I think I go back to tennis, uh, Ooh. and I think the person that would probably could solve it, but maybe wouldn't be the nicest person, John, <laughs> John, Mac yeah. John McEnroe, <laughs> you know, I grew up watching him and Jimmy Connors, so, right. and you know, he has a temper and he, you know, he says whatever's on his mind, but right? I think when it comes to customer service, if I need to get something solved and I need it now. He would go out and like be like Agreed. no holds bar, you know. <laughs> he would bleep every single word out of his mouth. Um, but I think right. he would he would be uh, the person that could uh, get get stuff done. Good answer. Sure. I love that. I love that. <laughs> All right. Well, Annette, thank you uh, for sharing your CX nuggets of wisdom. Uh, we really love uh, kind of what you've done in your career and the books that you've written. It's really been helpful uh, to all of us. Thank so you. Thanks. Uh, for that. Thank you. Thank you for having me. This was a fun conversation. So thank you for that. Yeah. And so for those uh, that want to reach out to you and uh, learn more about your business and, and your practice and uh, perhaps have some CX uh, challenge that they need help with, uh, how do they get a hold of you? Um, so I have two, two websites, cx-journey.com or annettefranz.com. And then feel free to connect with me on LinkedIn. I love connecting with, I've made some great friends connecting on LinkedIn. So yeah, it's been awesome. Awesome. Well, we'll definitely put all that in the show notes. Okay. Uh, so thanks again for having a, a great time with us today. Yeah, thank you. All right, everyone. Well, thank you for joining us on another episode of Conversations That Matter. Uh, if you have any questions for Annette or for us, you can always reach us at podcast at unifor.com. Email us there or hit us up on Twitter at Unifor. And make sure to follow our LinkedIn page, Conversations That Matter, a podcast by Unifor. That's all for today. Thanks for joining us. And we'll see you on the next episode. Take care. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Conversations That Matter. Subscribe to our podcast for more great content. And if you want to learn more about the topic we discuss, visit unifor.com today.